This is so great. Uh, Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we ask you now to open our eyes to see you, to open our minds to understand you, to open our hearts to receive you, And out of your glorious riches and unlimited resources in heaven to strengthen us by your spirit that we may be rooted and established in the extravagant and lavish love of the Father. Amen. Please be seated. Today is Discipleship Sunday where we are looking together at what it means and how it is that we follow Jesus with grace. Mr. Rogers taught me to tie my shoes. Mr. Rogers taught Michael Brimer that whenever he drained the bathtub, he wouldn't go down the drain. Unless someone tells us we don't know, unless someone shows us we don't grow, and unless someone models it for us, we don't go and pass it on to others. As we think about the scripture that Jonathan read to us this morning, as we think about who Jesus is and what it means to be his disciples and what it is that he commissions us to be and do. How do we do that? How do we learn what we know? How do we become who we are? Because someone teaches us. Because somebody shows us how. The only way you become a Jedi is to be trained as a Jedi. Yoda trains Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn trains Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi trains Luke, and Luke is in the process of training Rey. The only way to become a disciple of Jesus is to be taught and trained to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's why Jesus begins his ministry with a personal invitation, a personal invitation to relationship. Jesus says, come, follow me, and then I will send you out to invite and bring others to me. For three years, Jesus introduces himself as the Messiah. For three years, Jesus teaches the scriptures and trains his disciples. And then immediately after his resurrection, what does Jesus emphasize? As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And then right before his ascension, what does Jesus emphasize? Go. Make disciples, 
teach them everything that I have taught you. Show them and I'll be with you as you do. Now, you're here. Not just physically. You're here spiritually. You're here because someone introduced you to Jesus. You're here because someone taught you the scripture. You're here because someone trained you as his disciple. That's the pattern of the church. The gospel is transmitted one person to another. The faith is passed down relationally. We learn to follow and imitate Jesus because someone shows us how discipleship is life on life. A disciple is someone who responds and is responding and will continue to respond to the invitation of Jesus. Come, follow me, and I will send you out to bring others to me. A disciple comes to Jesus, a disciple follows Jesus, a disciple introduces people to Jesus and trains them how to follow him. Somebody or some buddies introduced you to Jesus. And you heard his invitation, you responded to his grace, you said yes. I will cease trying to be my own God because that's really not working out. I'll turn away from all the lesser gods in this world because they don't satisfy what my soul desires. And I will come to you, Jesus. And with faith, you agreed in your mind that Jesus is who he says he is and does what he says he does. And in your heart, you believe that he has forgiven your sin and purified you from all unrighteousness and restored you to a good and right relationship with the Father. And you committed to him with all of your might, with all of your strength, as the leader and the director of your life who gives you the desire and the ability to do what pleases him. Why? Because somebody or somebodies introduced you to Jesus, the truth of God, the way to God, and the giver of life God created you to enjoy here and now and forever. And you began to follow Jesus, not in isolation, because Jesus never invites anyone to follow him in isolation, you begin to follow Jesus with others in community, big or small, because this is how it works. And when Jesus said, follow me, what he was saying is, come behind me, walk in my footsteps, be like me and do what I do. A couple of years ago over Thanksgiving, my family went to Snow Mountain Ranch in Colorado. And there was a lot of snow on the ground. And toward the end of our time there, we went on a snow hike. It was rather ambitious, but it was beautiful and extremely fun. And as we were going up this one side of the mountain, the snow was particularly deep. 
And my youngest was having trouble getting through the snow. And so I turned to him and I said, walk in my footsteps. And I showed him where my boots had made the holes. And I shortened my stride a little bit. And I watched him as he put his feet where my feet went. And as he followed the path that I was leading him on. And as he began to enjoy that hike again. 1 John 2.6 says this, Whoever claims he abides in Christ ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. This is what it means. That's what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. Someone introduced you to him. By his grace and with the help of his spirit, you began to follow him, to imitate him, to be like him and do what he is doing. And now, as a mature disciple of Jesus, you are called and empowered by the spirit to invite others into relationship with Jesus, teach them the word, and train them. Show them how to follow and imitate Jesus with you. Take a look at the seats to your left and to your right. Take a look at the empty seats to your left and to your right in front of you and behind you. Somebody is going to fill that seat because you're going to introduce them to Jesus. Somebody's going to fill that seat because you're going to open up the word of God with them and teach them the words of life. Somebody's going to fill those seats because you're going to show them how great it is, what life it brings to follow and imitate Jesus with you. I want to show you a clip from one of my favorite movies. Anybody surprised? <laughs> This is an older movie. Uh, raise your hand if you've seen the movie Fly Away Home. Okay. Up there in the top 10. Up there in the top 10. Yes, for the Australian and New Zealanders in the congregation, this is for you. Fly Away Home is an inspiring film about a 13-year-old girl named Amy who discovers um, an abandoned nest of goose eggs. And Amy uh, brings these eggs home and creates a makeshift incubator in a chest of drawers in a barn on the farm where she's living with her dad. And this flock, these uh, tiny Canadian geese, they hatch. And since young geese imprint on the first creature they see, they imprint on Amy, thinking she's their parent. And so they go after her. They follow her and they do everything that she does. And unless Amy can teach them to fly and follow the right migration route, the birds aren't going to have a chance to survive the winter. So I want you to watch this clip and reflect on Jesus's invitation and to consider what does this clip have to do with discipleship? And then when it's over, I'm going to ask you, what you see.
It's actually a true story. What did y'all see? What stood out to you in that clip? Yeah, her dad was with her the whole way, helping her, encouraging her. Nice. What else do you see? Yeah, a lot of patience. A lot of patience. Time. Patience. <laughs> what else? Perseverance. Yeah. Um, an urgency to help and to save the life of those geese. And um, not giving up, even in the difficulties and the challenges. Perseverance. Nice. What else? Yeah. I mean, that was the heart behind the whole thing, is to help the geese be geese. And they didn't know how to be geese unless someone taught them how to be geese. And the people that were supposed to teach them how to be geese weren't there. And so someone had to stand in and teach them how to be geese. Great joy. Yeah, great joy. Yeah. Joy in helping the geese live in to being geese. The joy seeing the geese finally be safe and come home and land and play. Yes. We, we all have a natural desire to follow. In fact, we imprint on things all the time. Some of them aren't very good. But we will imitate what we imprint on. We will become like what we worship. Kim. Yes, yes, there's great allocation of resources to help live into that. A lot of, it costs, it costs time, um, it expends a lot of the fruit of the Spirit, um, and it does take relational and financial resources. Yeah, did y'all hear that? They didn't let their inadequacy keep them from helping the geese become who they were meant to be. Or the fact that they'd never done it before. Yeah. Michaela. They all had different skills in that they used in other places and in different ways and then they returned those skills and the gifts that they had to help the geese in the Yes. It takes a village to raise a goose, right? Ask my family. <laughs> Thanks for Say again? Oh, yeah. A great love, a sacrificial love, a selfless love that would adopt and bring and raise up. Thank you. Yeah. Geese have it in their, in their DNA to fly and to migrate. But they just needed someone to help them discover how to be the geese that they are. There, there's a lot um, of discipleship in this video clip. This really is a beautiful picture of the gospel. What Jesus does for us, and in turn, what he invites and calls us to do for others. And there's um, a few ways that we are learning and growing 
and becoming uh, more fully devoted followers of Jesus with grace. And I've um, invited a couple people this morning just to share, you, share with you about three of them. And the first uh, is the divine narrative. And Jonathan Williams is going to share with us uh, a little bit about the divine narrative. It's really hard to follow that, Matt. <laughs> Several years ago, I, I had a breakthrough in my life. I had grown up reading, studying the Bible, but there was a real breakthrough in my life. I had known that, that the Bible had real practical information to help me be a better man, a better husband, a better father. I knew that, that the Bible had lots of doctrine and that we needed doctrine. We needed the truth of God's word to, to guard us from false thinking and, and to think correctly about God and about ourselves. I knew that. And I knew that the Bible was full of stories to inspire my life. But the breakthrough came when I realized that the Bible was really one story and that it was this overarching narrative from beginning to end, this history-long unfolding of a great drama. And when I saw this one story, it, it was an amazing uh, epiphany moment for me. And, and then I realized that not only is there a story about someone else and other people, I learned that the story also involved me and that I could be part of the story. And that was just mind-blowing to me also. And then I learned that I could include others in the story. And it had a dramatic change on my life and how I lived my life. Well, every Thursday night uh, here in the uh, 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 room where we have meals and the, what do we call it? Fellowship hall? Gathering hall. Gathering hall yes. Thank you. In the, in the gathering hall, every Thursday night at 615, we have dinner together. And then we hear a Bible study that outlines for us step by step what this story is, what this divine narrative is so that we can learn it so that we can process it, so that we can engage in it ourselves and learn how we can be part of the story and so that we can include other people. And as Matt said earlier, we've started, but it's not too late to sign up for this. And so we hope that many of you will join with us on Thursday nights to learn the divine narrative. God bless you in that. We look forward to seeing you and we can come. Thanks, Jonathan. Sylvia Player um, is going to share with us um, some of the neat things that God is doing through um, our if tables. Thank you, Sylvia. Hi, I'm Sylvia Player, and um, we, well, let me read the scripture first. Acts 2.24 says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And so that is the heart behind what we call if table. Um, it's a gathering of women around a table once a month, creating space for them to feel known and to provide an environment for conversation about following God and giving him away. Um, once a month, we meet. Um, some groups meet at the same house. Some alternate. It's um, anywhere between six to eight women. We currently have um, around 75 women participating. Um, we share a meal. We want it to be super simple. Um, so really, we don't want people to feel overwhelmed, like they have to have some beautiful centerpiece, or the house has to be awesome, or the food has to be really you know, extravagant. Just come together. Um, 
and just again providing a space for women to have conversation and every month there's a different theme with the verse and four questions that pertain to that theme so we would love for more people to get involved um i think my email will be somewhere um but you can find me um margaret judson elizabeth honeycutt who poor her is somewhere in the great kingdom great britain that is um and but any of us you can just ask us any questions and we would love to um, help you get involved Thanks, Sonia. <laughs> um, so the divine narrative is a way that um, we are growing as followers of Jesus, inviting other people to follow him with us. If tables are ways that we are growing as followers of Jesus and inviting other people to follow him with us. Um, and the heart and really the lifeblood of our life together in Christ with grace is our life groups because Jesus never said, I came to give you church. He said, I came to give you, have, to give you life, to give you abundant, full life. And so we are followers of Jesus in small little expressions of the church called life groups, knowing, growing, and going with the love of Jesus. Britt Carpenter, yeah. you'll share with us about Thank life you. groups. So, uh, as Matt said, the lifeblood, if you will, of grace, in some ways, is our life groups. Uh, we do three things during life groups. We focus inwardly, we focus upwardly, and we focus outwardly. Uh, the way we say it in family ministry is know, grow, and go. Another way of saying it is welcome, word, and witness. And I want to tell you about those three elements that we have in our life groups during the welcome time, the end time, the no time, uh, we share a meal, we practice gratitude and appreciation, or as some groups call it, highs, lows, and uh-ohs. Uh, we are getting together, we're catching up, we're knowing each other and being known by the other. Uh, then we move into a time uh, in the Holy Scriptures, our word time. Uh, we use uh, an acronym called SOAP, which means uh, Scripture, Observation, Application, and prayer. It's a way for us to go deep into the Holy Scriptures. If you don't know about that yet or you want to learn, please let me take you to a three-hour coffee at local. I'm just kidding. It'll take 60 seconds. I mean, 60 minutes. Um, not 60 seconds. Let me just be very clear. 60 whole minutes. Okay, one hour. Uh, during that time, because we believe uh, the Bible to be Holy Scripture, we're going deep. We're hearing. We're obeying God. We're encouraging one another and praying for each other to experience life in Christ. And then this last piece, the go, or the witness, is when we are praying for our spheres of influence. We are um, thinking about, we are writing a list of the folks that God has brought into our spheres of influence that he wants to bring into our life groups and into relationship with him. Uh, so we are speaking and demonstrating the gospel, inviting and welcoming others let me tell you a little bit about what that looks like for my group. I'm one of the leaders of the Lawndale Larkwood Life Group. What, what? <laughs> Everyone, uh, not all of our life group leaders are going to speak today, uh, but the ones that will, they may say that they've got the best life group. I beg to differ. Uh, we, we all think that we've got the greatest life groups. Um, here's the way it works for us. So we gather at the Chalfonts home on Friday evenings, most Fridays. We have a gaggle of children. Is that what geese, is it a gaggle of geese? Just to play off the? Gander. Gander. We have a gander of children. 
whatever. Yeah, we got that. I was trying to connect the things, the dots. Anyway, we've got so many children, I don't know how it happens, but they are always safe. The adults are having these great conversations. We're catching up. Then we move to the carpet, the Chalfant's home. They've got this like super plush carpet. We get to sit down on the carpet. We get to study the scriptures together. We go deep. Uh, We share the teaching responsibility between a few of us. And then we get to pray. And I want to tell you uh, one particular instance of that go uh, piece, the witness piece. We hosted a fish fry, uh, which was phenomenal. Phenomenal fish. Thank you, Jeff. Great job. Uh, But here's how it worked. About six, eight weeks before we hosted this fish fry, we uh, sat around at the end of our soap time, and we said, who is God putting on our hearts? And we wrote them down. We made a list. Then we started to pray for the list. Then we invited the list. Then we prayed more for the list. We invited more for the list. We prayed more for the list. And wouldn't you know it, on a certain Friday night, we had a fish fry in the backyard of the Chalfant's home, and it was amazing. I walked in, and I had a conversation with a guy that was definitely a seeker. We spent about 15, 20 minutes talking about who God is, what he thought God was. Um, Anyway, just this really beautiful conversation, and it was one of the guys that was on the list that we prayed for and invited. So that's a piece of us going out and being on mission And just real quick before um, I have some of our life group leaders uh, stand up and tell you about their life groups, Um, we really think here at Grace that um, our life groups are an incredible vehicle for evangelism. That as we invite our friends and neighbors and coworkers, as we um, pray for them, as we welcome them into our homes and share a meal with them, that they'll come to know Christ. Amen? All right, who's first? Linda, ladies first. Well, that was, it was more rhetorical. Yes. If you would just tell us, Linda, well, that you're Linda, then secondly, what your life group is. I got this covered. You got it. See? I'm just going to get out of your way, Linda. I should have learned this a long time ago. Yeah. I'm on it. Okay, so when Brett asked me if I would do this, I said, Maybe. And then the Lord put these words on my heart, and I wanted to share them with you today. My name is Linda, and I lead a small group of mostly young moms who were dealing with poop. Wednesday at 9.30, you'll find us upstairs eating snacks and drinking coffee, sitting in our chairs. We're studying Malachi, which sounds kind of nutty. The story of the Israelites shows us God is our best buddy. (laughs) We laugh a whole lot and we cry when it's right. And we pray for each other with all of our might. Everyone is different, no one like the other. We want to be godly women, godly wives, and godly mothers. The church provides childcare and the kids are really happy. They go home tired and are ready for a nappy. (laughs) At 11 o'clock we try to end our discussion, but sometimes the Lord doesn't want us a Russian. Please join us this week. We'd love to see your face. I promise you'll leave feeling filled with His grace. (laughs) 
This would be the time when I would drop the mic, but I don't want us to buy another one because Brad will get mad at me. Um, Williams, gosh, I will never, ever even attempt to tell you what to do, Linda. <laughs> Kathy. I don't even know how to follow that. <laughs> okay, so I didn't write, and God didn't place those words <laughs> on my heart. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about poop or anything like that, but I will talk about our life group, which actually is a really good life group. Um, we do have dinner. We eat. I cook. Not a fish fry, but we do have a pretty good meal. It's 7 o'clock on Monday evenings, and we are on Harmon Street, 220 Harmon. We are going through, Jonathan will teach right after dinner, about 7.30ish, and we're going through the Book of Mark. This Monday, however, is going to be a little bit more exciting. Wait, well, more exciting than my teaching? Okay, it's going to be as exciting as his teaching, not more exciting. And we're going to talk about our own ministry that we have, and we are connected with a person in Pakistan, and that person in Pakistan also has a following where he goes from village to village, gathering people together, and Jonathan teaches a Bible study to the folks in Pakistan. So we're going to talk about their needs. Um, they're from India, and they're the lowest ca ca of the caste system in India. A lot of them are enslaved. So we have a video we're going to show that was sent to us about how we can help out, how our ministry is helping out, and how we can all connect as a group to help support, um, to look at to see how blessed we are. So that's Monday night, 7 o'clock, and maybe one day we will have a fish fry, see if it competes with yours. Indeed. Uh, they may or may not have the best food. Kathy is a, an amazing cook. Um, Swant Nurse? Yes. Thanks, Britt. Um, I'm Matt Swantner. My wife, Bess, and I are hosting the Blue Bonnet Hills Life Group. Uh, if you don't know where that is, basically we're in the neighborhood across New Braunfels from Sunset Ridge. Um, though not everybody that comes to our life group is actually in that neighborhood, so really anybody's welcome. Um, we meet on uh, Mondays from 6 to 7.30. Right now we're doing every other Monday. And the truth is that even though we've been meeting for maybe six months or so, we're still kind of figuring out exactly what our group is going to look like and what we're going to do. Um, right now we mostly have young families. But if you're interested and kind of want to get on the ground floor of a life group that's still kind of getting on its feet and figuring things out, um, email Bess because she's the organized one of the two of us. And we'd love to have you um, join or visit or we can give you more information or whatever we can do. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Yeah, we, we do have kids, um, quite a bit of kids, actually. A gaggle? Not or a gander? Not as many. I see. Yeah. Okay. See. Bottom line is you're welcome with or without kids. Love it. DP. That's awkward. We'll just, I'm not tossing the mic. Brad will, Trust me. I will get in big trouble by Brad. Hi, folks. I'm Daniel. And uh, yes, the players and the Stearns, Chris and Jennifer over yonder. What's up, guys, this morning? Um, we meet uh, in the Chavano Park area, about 15 minutes north of here. And um, it, uh, we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30. And we do share a meal. Somebody, someone in the life group will bring a meal, and then we'll do uh, kind of potluck all the sides and desserts and all that outside of that. Um, and 
as far as our demographics, I am currently the oldest in our group by, by kind of a wide margin. So, but we'd love to change that if any of you uh, other uh, more seasoned vets would love to join us. Um, but uh, the rest of it is really a unique mix of people. We love it. It's always amazing every year to see who God would bring over to the player's uh, house. So we have um, some people fresh out of high school all the way through um, into college, into uh, young adults, into, I don't know, 30-year-old, and a couple of us have babies and kids too. Um, we don't have childcare there, but... Still love anybody, really. Any, my point is anybody is invited to come join us. Um, and similarly to a lot of folks, we meet for, as I said, for dinner about 6.30. And then we, um, we do a little fun here and there at times. But, uh, and we open the Word of God. Right now we're journeying slowly uh, through the book of Mark. And it's been super fun. Uh, we continue throughout the summer and all that. And... Um, yeah, I would say again that it, it's just a joyful time. Uh, it is great as we open God's word, as we uh, journey together to, to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, to experience his love, and to give, his, uh, give the gospel away to others. Uh, so it really is fun. We have a few military folks in there, and just the Lord brings us new folks. So I would say I'm excited this year uh, for just continuing to grow into all that God's created us to be and uh, to see who God would bring on Wednesday nights. I will also tell you one more thing on that little uh, paper you have. You can text 753-9557, but I don't know who that will go to. My phone number is 573-9557. Um, and that one will- Transposition there. Yeah, so 573, if you want to shoot me a text, or you can call, I don't have to just receive a text. But anyway, um, it's been an incredible time. We love it every week. We look forward to being with uh, the folks that God has brought and just falling in love with one another. Um, and they've become very dear to our hearts and the Stearns as well. So, Thanks, um, yeah, hey, God bless um, you. If you're a life group leader, uh, would you just stand up? So all persons involved in life groups. So um, you guys have uh, a piece of collateral in the seat back in front of you. Um, this is telling you, obviously, we didn't intro all the life groups and life group leaders uh, today, but if you want to speak to one of us, just come find us after the worship gathering. We'd love to tell you more about our life groups. Thank you. I see. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, y'all. So, um, hope if you uh, are already in a life group that you have uh, a really exciting, wonderful um, time uh, this fall. And if you're not in one, that you have several that you can go in uh, and try out this fall. So, in conclusion, um, I just want to say that discipleship is a daily invitation. It's a daily invitation and grateful response to know Jesus grow in Jesus and go bring others to Jesus that's the heart of why our Lord came that is the heart behind his invitation to us and that is what he loves to do in and through our lives together today so final question, who do you want to be like? 
Because our lives are shaped and defined by who we want to be like. And we are created in the image and likeness of God. And the perfect image and likeness of God is Jesus. Therefore, to be fully human is to be like Jesus. Who says, come, follow me, and I will send you out to bring others to me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are our good and trustworthy shepherd. And this morning we ask that by your spirit you would grant that when we hear your voice, we may know you and be glad. Follow you where you lead us. And empower us to bring others into the life and love and joy of your fold. And Lord, as we come to you at your table this morning, we ask that you would be made known to us in the breaking of the bread. Open our eyes that we may behold you in all of your good and transforming work. Conform us to your image. Consecrate us to your service. And clothe us in your spirit that reaching forth our hands in love, we may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor and praise of your name. Amen.